Welcome to God Knows Where. I'm Brett Harris. We're turning back to the Gospels today, to the Gospel of John in particular, for a little conversation between Jesus and his disciples with a profound meaning for how we navigate the various seasons of life. It's going to be a bit shorter than normal, and I don't hear any of you complaining about that, and there's a reason. If you listened to last week's episode, you know I teased a bit about the upcoming Advent podcast that I'm putting together. Well, I'm going to tease it out some more today, so stick around after today's episode to hear more about it. It won't launch for a little while, but I wanted you to get as excited about it as I am. So tell your friends, tell your family, it's going to be a fun way to get ready for Christmas together. Make sure you're following the show on Instagram and Facebook and on our new website, www.godknowswherepod.com for all the latest updates. Thanks for listening and supporting the show. Don't forget to leave a rating or a review if you haven't already. Someone named Church Bob left a review last week that melted me. Thank you. I hope you enjoy today's episode, Reasons for the Seasons. reading from John 16. A little while, and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. Then some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying to us, A little while, and you will no longer see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father. They said, What does he mean by this? A little while. We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Are you discussing among yourselves what I meant when I said, A little while and you will no longer see me, and again a little while and you will see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. You will have pain, but your pain will turn into joy. When a woman is in labor, she has pain, because her hour has come. But when her child is born, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy of having brought a human being into the world. So you have pain now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. On that day, you will ask nothing of me. Very truly, I tell you, if you ask anything of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, so that your joy may be complete. Have you ever loved someone so much that you didn't want to let them go? You didn't want to lose them? You couldn't imagine life without them. It's hard to make it through life without loving someone that much, and it's even harder to make it through life once they're gone. Sometimes we get to say goodbye to the people we love. Sometimes we don't. Either way, it's hard. It's probably the hardest thing we do. And here, Jesus and his disciples are talking about how at some point he wouldn't be with them anymore. And they didn't want to lose Jesus. They loved him. They'd barely gotten to know him. And they couldn't understand why he was talking about all this right now. Crowds followed him everywhere. People loved him. He was helping and healing so many people. And there were so many more people to help and to heal. 
So how could he be leaving them soon? What did this mean? And instead of doing the easy thing and explaining what he very well could have known was going to happen, to really lay it all out there for him, he does something more beautiful. He shows him how to handle it, how to navigate loss, how to manage grief, how to live through the seasons of life, the ups and downs we all experience in healthy ways. Not necessarily how to make sense of loss, but how to sense it, how to hold on to the love we know, the love we've known, the love we cherish, how to navigate sadness in the midst of others' joy. The best way to handle it, Jesus tells them, and we know, is to know that it's just a season, to remember that there are seasons to life, and there are reasons for the seasons. There are moments for grieving and mourning and rejoicing, all of it. And Jesus reminds them that whatever the season is that they find themselves in, to be in that season fully, not to be worried about the next one or longing for the last one, to give this season our full attention. Not so we get lost there, but so we can move through it fully and completely and into the next one without carrying the longing or the worry from here to there. I love the joke I saw a lot of people sharing when the weather actually began to feel like fall the other day here in Mississippi. When something like this, I don't want to hear any of you complaining today. This is what we've been waiting for. Don't wish summer to come back now. Put on a coat. It's funny, but it's true. It's easy to spend time thinking about the next one or longing for the last one. And that's as true about the weather as it is for love and loss. But it's easier to move through each season if we give each season our full attention. If we live in the present, even if that present is grief. I sat with someone, a friend, who lost the love of her life not too long ago. As we sat together talking, I told her to be sure that whatever she felt, whatever emotions came up, whatever she was feeling, to feel it. If she felt empty or if she felt relieved that her best friend wasn't in pain anymore or if she was mad that he was gone, whatever it was, to feel it, all of it, not let any of it pass by, not let any of it be ignored. I think far too often when we lose someone we love, we put on these brave faces and we keep things together in part because death actually demands too many sober responses so quickly after it happens. While we're still raw with the loss, we're forced to pay bills and close accounts and get certificates and figure out how to handle the body that's now missing the spirit of the person we loved. And there's people all around us who want to talk visit and check on us. And the only way to make it through sometimes is to put on a mask and pretend like we're okay. And to some extent, that's fine. Some extent, that's necessary. But it's not okay if we don't eventually give ourselves permission to feel what we're feeling, to experience what we're experiencing in that moment in order to get through that season, to return 
or to rekindle our joy. We have to move through work, through the grief while it's there. And strangely enough, the same, I think, is true with the other example Jesus brings up, the exact opposite of death, the welcoming of new life into the world. He talks about how it's this season of change and this process of pain and discomfort that must be faced in order to witness the great joy of welcoming a baby into the world. If we want joy, if we want joy that comes with new life, we can't avoid the pain that it brings. We can only know joy, really, by knowing pain. We don't like it. I don't like it, but it's true. And I'd take Jesus' metaphor a step farther, too. I'd expand it from childbirth to parenting altogether. I mean, I have yet to go through a single day thinking I've figured this parenting thing out. And I've gone through many, many days when I wished for my boys to be older so I didn't have to wake up in the middle of the night and coax them back to sleep or so we could go on bigger adventures or so I could use the full weight of my sense of sarcasm on them. But for every one of these wishes, every one of these silly wishes, there's an equal number of conversations like the one I had with Elizabeth the other day. Or I said, I know I'm really ready for this stage to be over. I know I'm really ready for us to be past this. But I also know that in a few years they'll move out and all I will want is for us to be right back here. I'll have forgotten all the hard parts about today by then and I'll only remember the boys who wanted me to help them fall asleep or who wanted to go outside and kick the soccer ball in the yard or who wanted to go with me to paddle the canoe. Whatever season we are in, wherever we are, we've got to move through it as though it's the only one we know, the only one we have. Because in a little while, the seasons will change and there will be new problems to face and new triumphs to celebrate. And we'll need to be ready to receive them, to embrace them, whatever they are. We've got to move through life, through these seasons that change in the moment and be present in all the moments they have so that we don't miss a thing. And I love how Jesus closes this conversation, reminding his friends that when that day comes that he's gone, they won't be able to ask him any questions. So they should ask those questions now. Ask me anything He says, ask God anything in my name and it will be done. They should ask those questions now while they have the chance. Without experiencing true joy or fully exploring the depths of love, there will never be anything for us to grieve. And without slogging through the pain of grief and all its many companions that come around when we lose someone, It's difficult to return to a sense of gratitude for all the reasons we have to rejoice in all the other seasons of life. The only way we can do either is by being right here, right now. And neither is possible when our hearts and our minds are somewhere else, wishing we were in some other season. Jesus reminds us here that in a little while, A lot of things will happen. But to be ready 
to tend to them tomorrow or whenever they come. We've got to tend to what life brings us today. God Knows Where is written, produced, and edited by me, Brett Harris, with music by Thomas Steinwinder and Michael Trest, and unwavering support from my wife, Elizabeth. If you like what you hear, I'd encourage you to share God Knows Where with your friends and family and give us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. It'll mean the world to me, and it'll help more people find God Knows Where. Thanks in advance for your help and for being here and for listening. Until next time, take these words from William Sloan Coffin with you. May God give you the grace never to sell yourself short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to remember that the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. So may God take your minds and think through them, your eyes and see through them, and your hearts and set them on fire. Still here? Great. I want to tell you a story about Christmas. Really, I want to tell you the first Christmas story. But I want to tell it differently than you may have heard before. And it's going to take time to tell this story. It's not long. It's not a long story. But a lot happens in a short amount of time. There's excitement from the jump in this story. There's wonder and mystery all along the way. There's danger and there's fear. But to feel all this story asks us to feel, to chew on all it has to offer, to experience it like the folks who lived it, we've got to take it slowly. We've got to draw it out. We have to prepare ourselves to hear some stories, but not this one. This story prepares us. It prepares us for what's ahead. And for centuries, folks like you and me, people who've come to see just exactly how much the world changed at Jesus' birth, have taken time to sit with this story for weeks leading up to Christmas, even though they might know it by heart. To prepare and be prepared to live in the light and with the love that found a home in Bethlehem that starry night. So if you'll let me draw this story out slower than you may be used to hearing it, one little piece each day until Christmas Eve, I think we'll all hear the story differently this year and we'll all wake up Christmas morning ready for a new life to begin. And I've also invited my friend and artist, Adam Trest, to help me draw this story out, literally. As you listen to the story that I tell, the story the way I tell it, set to Thomas Steinwinder's beautiful music, you're going to get to watch Adam draw a piece of the story each day, too. And each day will leave you with a question to consider. It's going to be lots of fun. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be fun sitting with the story in all these ways. So make sure you're following God Knows Where and Adam Trest on Instagram and Facebook and in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of it. The story is going to begin the week after Thanksgiving.